0: Hello and welcome to another Perpetual Outsider podcast with me, John Bensalia. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Today we're looking at the Blake 7 episode Cygnus Alpha, third of uh, season one. So without any further ado, let's gear up the shiny disc and press play in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Off we go. This is still the dodgy disc. Um, For those of you that have heard... um, <laughs> my, uh, my commentaries for the Way Back in Space Four. I had a little bit of issue with uh, this uh, this disc because it has a crack in the middle. Cheers, DVD uh, packaging people, because it was hell to actually get out of the packaging, and for some reason it just suddenly cracked in the middle. But so far it's playing okay. So hopefully I don't have to shell out loads of money for a replacement. You know, because you can't. I don't think you could buy the discs on their own but anyway this is Cygnus Alpha uh which is the um the prison planet for which is where Blake is supposed to be ending up Blake and the other crew and it do, it doesn't look a very inviting place there's the uh, there's the caber from Terror of zygons tucking into I don't know what is that chicken or something he feels like chicken tonight <clears throat> Or barbecue or something. I don't know. Very homemade barbecue. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's just a horrible world. And there's also Pamela Salem, there, another Doctor Who um, Doctor Who guest star. She was in the uh, Robots of Death playing She probably she had actually been uh, seen on uh, in Doctor Who a couple of weeks before this was aired. This went out in January the sixteenth, nineteen seventy eight. And um, about two weeks and two days before this, they had the, the omnibus repeats of robots of death. And, of course, she'd turn up in Remembrance of the Daleks as uh, Rachel. God, I was going to say she turns up in Remembrance of the Daleks as Pamela, but she doesn't. And Robert Russell, of course, was the caber in Terror of Zygons, and he also was in Power of the Daleks. This is unusual to have kind of like semi-regular characters because uh, we're back with <clears throat> Layden and Artix who are musing on the fallout of Spacefall, the literal space out. And of course, you know, they, uh, they, are, they are in the proverbial stew because Blake and Jenna and Avon have, have escaped. You know and of course they'll be they'll be left to carry the can and of course Reagan's dead as well and uh, there's a few other crew members dead and one of them actually went mad so they've probably got to find him uh, some some kind of help very handy um very handy way to do a backstory here quick catch up for those that that have missed spacefuls in which uh, Arctic well what's what has happened is Layman has recorded a message, and Arctic has to beam it, and of course we get to hear it as well, so uh, it's a very handy catch up if they'll do the same trick again in uh, in the final episode of the season from Warrack. <laughs> Ah, poor old Rager. I hope Leslie Schofield got paid royalties for that quick clip. <laughs> I don't know if she did or not, I don't think. Yeah, this was... Um, this was... Cygnus Alpha was actually where I came on board with the the original Den of Geek reviews because um, I, I started them up again in 2009. They'd been, uh, they'd been kind of like a year on ice. And then I, you know, I came along looking for freelance work. And while it didn't pay, you know, it didn't pay any money, it was still a good, it was still actually a really good way of getting into freelance because it was it was something to add on the CV, you know, even though it was done for free. Um, you know, I, I could say that I'd, I'd written it. So, yeah, this was the first one. and At this point, I was wondering, oh, my God, can I actually, can I actually keep the momentum going? Will I actually make it to the end of, you know, season four, which, which I did? amazingly but yeah i remember you know sort of wondering oh my god is it how well is this is this review going to go down and a similar one to hear by uh blake and jenna and avon who were exploring their new ship i like the uncertainty of it it's kind of a little bit like um when Barbara and Ian were were on the TARDIS and we were kind of getting to know, you know, the TARDIS back in, you know, the early days of Doctor Who. So here they're trying out uh, what Avon thinks is he's not a toothpick, but uh, but a handgun, and this whole wall of uh, this whole wall bank of um wall guns as a, of gun, handguns as a bit. I can't even talk today. Oh, I'm just getting back into the podcasting work. I had a little bit of a break for a week. Um but uh, now I'm back and I'm kind of thinking I can't commentate. <laughs> yeah, they can only have one handgun each. I'm not really quite sure how that how that goes down further on in the series, but uh, but obviously they can, otherwise they burn their hands. But then they could just get that. That little um that little gadget that actually heals up wounds, so it's not it's not so much of a problem <clears throat> yeah, this was the um the, they were back on chat because they re- they recorded the first two episodes out of order they did the uh, spaceball first and then the way back. And now they were getting back on track with Sings Alpha, which was largely recorded in uh, around mid-November, I think. Mm, maybe late November 1977. Because they were literally doing it every like 10 days, I think. So I think this is probably about the 21st or the 22nd of November. That's a good shot, that. of those planets. It kind of looks like one of those um, flight simulator things. I'm not sure if they use the same effects in um, games when Tarrant did the same thing. He had to pilot it, and of course, there that you just had the. Um, I've ta- I've talked over them having a hair dryers thrust in their face to give that kind of jowly gurning effect, because the uh, you know the pressure on the deck was like you know completely ballsed up. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the way Avon just suddenly goes sometimes runs, you know, as soon as Jenna is about to press the button, you know and he just suddenly grips on um, you know, it's quite a comedy fashion onto the onto the edge of the couch just in case they you know they go through that again. Jenna's hair extensions are looking a bit manky there. Maybe it's the other side effects of going through all that turbulence. And, of course, she's now connected with Zen, who is about to make his debut in a minute. Good old Peter Tubman, who would um, apparently frequently be hiding, you know, behind the uh, the set design of the main flight deck with, um, you know, with a little drink in his hand. And, a, and the script, I mean, he, he got a pretty good deal. Here he is, good old Zen. I I quite like the way uh, it's, it's you know I quite like the idea of having like a talking computer who um, sort of is like the voice of the ship. I mean it's pure kind of kids' cartoon stuff. If they did, I'm sure there was a kids' cartoon in the seventies called The Space Sentinels, and they did a similar thing with there was like a giant computer face. Um not I'm not sure what he was called, but. Um, it's, it's the same kind of deal, except yeah, we haven't got a floating computer face this time. But of course, you know, at this point, Blake said, it's all a mystery. You know, we, we don't know whether, you know, we can trust them. We don't know whether we can trust, you know, if the Liberator is, is really a safe place. You know, it's, it's all quite a mystery. So again, you've got this kind of slow burn effect of telling the story, you know, you don't really, nobody's really kind of settled until, I would probably, I mean, I, I want to say the way, but even then, you know, you can't trust Callie in that, so it's probably, I don't really think you get the full status quo until Seat, Locate, Destroy. It. Not the band's status quo, of course, you know, they don't suddenly come on and play, you know, Down, Down, or walking all over the world, whatever. Yeah, it's good location filming in this. Um, moody nighttime filming. Director is The Lorimer for this, who would uh, go on to direct quite a few more episodes of Blake Seven. And he'd also end up producing the show as well. Isn't the K going to finish his, um, his chicken tonight? So here they come. Here come Leyland and Artix. They're about to pilot on, on down to to uh, so the planet, and Leyland does not recommend stretching uh, stretching the legs for a walk because it's uh, it's a pretty dodgy place to be, unless you want to be shouted at by Brian Blessed for eternity. <coughs> Excuse me, same old model shot again, which they uh, they certainly got their money's worth from the stuff that they filmed in August 1977, the Bray uh, the Bray Studios filming, which they did. Norman Tipton must have been uh, must have been loving it at the time because he this was in between parts two and three of Doctor Who Underworld, in which he also appeared as Edas. So it was like, hey, I'm on the I'm on two science fiction TV programs this month, January 1978 is the month of Norman Tipton. And of course, Glen Owen he would be later later on Doctor Who in 1978 in that. Power of Crawls rogue Dut. Wrong Dut? Rogue Dut. I don't. Same old voiceover again. <clears throat> <clears throat> so here they're, they're now um, Blake and Avon on general looking at the, the teleport. And uh, Avon is giving a rather convoluted explanation as to how the teleport works. I mean, you know, to say, you know, trans, you know, transport down, you know, you dis- you know, you're in one place, then you disappear, then you land in another, and uh, bingo, you're at your destination. I would love one of those. Wouldn't it be great if you could actually get a teleport system in your house, so you didn't have to use public transport again? You wouldn't need cars again. You wouldn't need to use buses or trains again, you wouldn't have to rely on dodgy old public transport, you know, which is always running late and crowded and smelly, but you just, you know, you transport. There you go. I've, I've thought of a perfect idea for you. Every home should have one. And then you just, you know, reappear at your destination, whether at work or in, you know, another place or town to do your shopping. You don't have to worry about doing all that walking, you know, you could just, you know, no pollution, no, you know. No problem getting from A to B. I mean, it'd be, it'd be ideal. Even if uh, Avon does say there are two minutes. Those bracelets were made on. They, they look like they'd be made on Blue Peter. Why is Blake impersonating the guy from uh, Hello low there? The one that says, Good morning. He says, Hello, testing. Yeah, they they actually yeah Leslie Judd actually made a, a teleport bracelet on Blue Peter. It was actually one of the extras on the DVD. It's a shame that you don't you don't get that many extras on the DVDs. I mean, you don't get you only get a commentary on three episodes, um, which is Space Full seat, Locate, Destroy Join Project Avalon, and then you get a few measly. Short interviews and a and a blue piece feature it. You know, unfortunately, I, I I I don't think we'll probably get much more for the Blu-ray. Yeah, I, I think I probably said this before, but when I was a kid, um, I, I do have vague memories of watching the early Blake 7. It's kind of bobbed back into my mind. I, I, di- I didn't see them all, remember them, you know, like I did with you know, rescue. But when I was all, I remember is um, there being a giant talking egg, which was what happened just now with that screen. And I think it was Zen doing the talking and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, and the uh, and the egg, the sphere, the egg shaped um, what do you call it? The egg shaped vision, egg vision. There you go blake's gonna risk the teleport avon being uh unlikable oh uh, here we go so alan crisp survived obviously different extras Yeah, it's, it's funny that we didn't get to meet arco and i think it's selman it's funny how we didn't get to meet them before you know i mean were they there must be they must be lords, mustn't they they're probably they probably regenerate you know maybe it was one of the uh shot crew coming back to life he just you know regenerated into peter childs there telling villa to shut up he's about to be threatened by a gang uh peter childs would go on to uh he would go to be dr harry Mark Varane. uh that's david ryle i think uh selman and he, you know, he became a familiar face, on TV did loads of things. I think he was an outnumbered. I think he played. Not sure if he played the dad of a granddad, but he was in that anyway. Well, I suppose he was both, actually. <clears throat> they're getting ready to lift off there. Cold as <throat> oh, a corpse's that armpit. That sounds like a Chris... Chris? Chris? Oh, I'm still doing Sean Connery voices. That sounds like a Chris boucher if ever, I good uh, good, ear, good covering ears acting there <laughs> and that's the last you'll see of that shot for a while no actually no you'll see it in um, they'll, re- they'll reuse it in episodes like Moloch I think and Horizon of the old prison ship never let it be said that Blake 7 did, it, did not do it's fit for recycling Yeah, I mean this. This genuinely looks like you know the the Prison Planet from Hell, and via via Lorimer directs it well. You know, I think they got lucky with the uh, the night shoot. You know, just turning a you know a bob standard quarry into something out of your darkest nightmares, with ghostly figures and capes. It's a little bit kind of gothicy, y horror, a little bit, I think. It's kind of drawing in I I don't know if it's drawing inspiration from um in the mid seventies point of Doctor Who when, you know, he had kind of like lots of, you know, sort of dark ghoulish enemies for the Doctor to face off against and, you know, sort of all, all these kind of like a uh, you know, classic horror tropes and um, I suppose to an extent um Sickness Alpha draws on. You know all these, uh, you know these Kate hoodies. You know sort of worshiping a god, and you know there's lots of, uh, you know dark castles and uh, moody prison planets, and you know dark, you know showering in darkness and burned corpses at stake. It's it's got kind of like all the, you know the classic horror trappings, mm-hmm. really. Villa oh, no. of course being very cowardly. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's back projection that they use there, which is, which is great. It, it it looks good. More back projection. There. No, no, it looks very good. Oh, here we go. Here we here we come up to a. <clears throat> Great bit of horror with uh, with a burned corpse. And that's what happens to unbelievers who uh, who dare to square off against Brian Blessed. I don't know whether he was actually literally burnt at the stake or whether Brian Blessed shouted him to death and burnt him. Of course, Brian Blessed suffered a his character in Space Nineteen Ninety Nine suffered a, a similar fate, and I suppose in the. The Deaths of the Dominion episode in, in which he literally decomposed on the spot and just ended up as this whole... Like that, yeah. Well, actually, even worse. You know, that caught, that burnt-out skeleton corpse didn't have boggle eyes like uh, Blessed's character had in Deaths of the Dominion, which was... oh. <laughs> if you've never seen that, um, yeah, it's, it's pure horror, that bit. The... Uh... <laughs> the look, you know, the looks that... Paul Darrow gives. I mean it's uh, just that expression there that sort of eyes half closed sort of sly look that he gives Blake, it's just genius I've, I think he's well on his way to becoming the real star of the show here, Darrow is Ah, there we go teleport for the first time, complete with that familiar Dudley Simpson music every time they teleport down they go, da 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 Down and safe. No, he doesn't say down and safe. We're <clears throat> just doing a trial run. I don't think they ever had that problem in Star Trek when they when they teleported back and forth. You know, they didn't say, right, we're going to do a trial run. You know, we're going to beam you in a red shirt down for four minutes. And uh, of course, the, the red shirt wouldn't make it back. Oh, Blake's in the run from a load of hoodies. Yeah, a lot of this is actually quite—it's actually quite dialogue-free, isn't it? You know, you've got all the—the the location stuff is actually—you know—it it relies more on actions. It's probably, um, you know, more more in action than the mood piece. I think with Dougie's music doing the talking, which is very good. <clears throat> Go on, Blake. Your only way up is up that uh that that quarry pit <laughs> up the slope. I don't know, I'm not sure where they filmed it actually, to be honest. But I would I would bet mm, I would bet my life savings are five P five pennies that it was used in Doctor Who. I like the way that Blake's got those oh <laughs> uh, sorry, Avon's got those like those um little stickers that you get in a, a stationery shop to kind of mark on you know which 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 is which. Oh, I'll try saying that three times. It's kind of you know at, you know in a way it's quite futuristic, but in a way it's very kind of homespun. You know they they're using good old fashioned things like you know sticky, you know stickers and uh, coloured stickers for the. <laughs> I mean maybe maybe the previous crew went to the latest went to the nearest uh, newsagent and or stationery shop. Just to buy you know, just to buy some handy stickers for uh, for newcomers, oh Jenna, don't go near him, yeah, no, yeah, actually, Jenna's kind of recalled a bit when he said he's had a few sweaty moments there, so oh, that's what that smell was, <coughs> excuse me. Nope. You really don't want to be shouted at by Brian Blessed forever. Arco, I think is You know, I'm, I, th- I think I'm glad he didn't make the, uh, the final seven, because he's a, he's a bit annoying, just the kind of stereotypical moaner, stereotypical whinger. He, he just moans his way through the whole thing. And, of course, I talked over that really clunky line, you know, when... Uh, when Villa said, What do you think it'll be like out there? And Arca goes, Well it won't be good, would it? Oh <laughs> I am the servant of your god Neil. <laughs> so <laughs> So Brian Blessed's character is called Neil Vargas, is it? <laughs> no, she Kara just meant Neil isn't oh right. Uh. Gan gets a crafty snog there. Does she do that to every prisoner? She just got a bit of a thing for Gan, blindly. Oh, Gan's like, Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> Neil has prepared a place for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just call Vargas Neil. I think. Oh, Villa's hoping to get a bit of the action. And of so course all wild it says shut up. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, got still got a bit sore throat. sort of uh comes and goes, you know, summer cold, I don't know. So Blake's going back to rescue the uh the others and still talking like the policeman a crab tree, yeah, a crab tree from a lower low. Testing, good morning. Oh, this is a classic Darrow. This. <laughs> Do you really think we'd leave you down there? <laughs> uh, there's so many classic Darrow moments in like seven. You know, I mean, that's this is just the start. You know, it's just ah wonderful, wonderful stuff. Da 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 da, and they always have to kind of like stumble to the left or right when. Uh, when they arrive, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's really not a very reliable teleport system if they kind of like have to fall about. Or, I don't know. Maybe he's just getting used to gravity. That's good. I mean, I, I don't know if that's a glass painting shot or if that's, uh, you know, another bit of back projection, but it looks good. back so <clears throat> It's done well. And, it, you know, it actually quite meshes well with the uh, studio stuff, which we're now on. Only from this hand comes life. I don't know. Did Max Bygraves write that? I don't know. Yeah, this is typical, you know, kind of uh, mid seventies Doctor Who setting, isn't it? You know, it's 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 something that could have appeared in like the Brain of Morbius or the Maskerman Man Dragora. You know that you know that sort of that gloomy castle kind of you know classic horror thing. That looks good. And, of course, you've got all the chanting monks in the background. Maybe the, uh, the grandfathers of Murray's pompous Choir are having a warm-up or something. I really hope he doesn't come back to Doctor Who, but I really do. really do hope he is not coming back. Yeah, Pamela Salem, she was she was quite good as a baddie. Into the labyrinth, and she got you know quite a quite a gruesome end there as well. Um, I think in one of them, a kind of her face, her character's face, kind of sort of like melted like candle wax, and then just turned into a skull, which was uh, quite grisly for kids. You know, especially for kids' to TV. I don't, I don't think you uh, you get that nowadays. As you might have heard in the background, Brian Blessed has now entered the building. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm not really quite sure about Blessing's performance in this. You know, when he's quiet, when he dials it down, I, th- I think he's actually very good. But of course it's here that he does tend to get into shouting mode as we'll, uh, as we'll see later on. And it's kind of like Brian Blessed playing Brian Blessed, which, yeah, of course he's a, you know, he's he's a telly legend, he's a TV icon, film movie icon as well. But, but it is kind of more shouting rather than yeah, there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of, you know, sort of caricature of Brian Blessed rather than, uh, you know, just good old acting Brian Blessed like he did in *I Claudius or, or even Space 1999 come to that. He's, he's very good as Cabot Rowland in the Death Son of Dominion episode. But yeah, unf- unfortunately, this is more kind of top volume shouting and... Uh, I'm, I'm just glad I'm not listening to this one on the earphones. <clears throat> oh, plot spoiler coming up. What would happen if you teleported somebody into space? Well, their atoms would be scattered to the solar winds. Now, I wonder who's going to suffer that fate. Well, will be a, bre- a blessed relief if that happens. Has <clears> that even got a like, chewing gum or something? not only do they have handy um stickers but um they also have a supply of chewing gum or or tree ball mints or something i don't know (laughs) could you kill someone again foreshadowing big time i'm I'm not i'm not going to give away what happens but um yeah, that, that's a very big question. Either, I mean, I'm sure they didn't mean it at the time, but there's lots of kind of like subtle clues about where where the show is heading, like in the web when you said there will come a time when Blake won't be making the decisions. It's kind of like, you know, that's looking ahead to the future as well. And, of course, that question there, you know, could you ever kill a man, you know, in cold blood? <clears throat> Gavin hoping to get a little bit more, a little bit more of a tongue sandwich from Kara there, but of course uh, not going to happen. She's just walking on past. Yeah, I mean they, they don't. I mean, Laren and Kara. I mean they they don't really get much lines, do they? they you know it's 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 not the best character scripting, really. I mean, you know Pamela Salem doesn't get half as much as she had to do in Robots of Death, for example. You know she's really just there as um, Lessing's right hand woman, really. Have faith. No. Yeah, have faith. You will not, you will not get the bagpipes here, don't you worry. Like you did in Terror of Zygons. Yeah, again, great Dudley Simpson music here to fill in the uh, the the gaps between the uh, dialogue. yeah i I think this was part of the um those omnibus videos i think this was on the original the beginning video i think bits of this were on (laughs) that why does why does that go (laughs) blah power cuts <clears throat> I don't really seem very surprised to see Blake. I mean, I don't know if that's the effect of the drugs or or what. You know, it's like, a, oh, it's you Blake, Oh, right, yeah, go on, bugger off, back to back to your spaceship. <clears throat> yeah, this is a, this is a classic old. Um, Terry Nation trope, isn't it? Needing drugs, you know, um, you know, needing drugs and medicine to get yourself better. I mean, it's you know, it's a classic thing, like in you know Doctor Who, the Daleks, and uh, and of course it will be used again later in the season. You know, it's um, yeah. I, I suppose if there is a criticism you can level at Terry Nation's writing, wow. is it can be a bit samey. You know, he he does kind of tend to use the same sort of pool of ideas. I mean, even, even to the point where he pitched the same same to story pretty much, to Barry Letson 10.6 when he did Doctor Who. And a lot of these ideas, are, you know, they're kind of rehashed, especially with stuff like radiation, you know, that crops up in, I think it's Deliverance, I think it is, you know. Um, you know, a planet destroyed, but no, it's dual, isn't it? Yeah, of course, not not Deliverance. No, Deliverance is the one where they, you know, they, they regress back to uh, back to you know sort of primitive times with, with the cavemen. But uh, yeah, Jewel is you know that's the dead planet caused by radiation. So that's you know they're they're both familiar tropes. Oh, it's got a bit be the headache. Oh, now jenna has got. <laughs> so Zen has also been to the latest clone shop as well. He's been busy. Been... He's gone home uh, shopping, sticker shopping, chewing gum shopping. Or maybe maybe it was the outers that went shopping. I, I don't know. Yeah, Jenna's now uh, out of those tongs, which must have really, really be really smelly. Yeah. You might find it useful. I wonder what that will be. Because it would only appeal to Avon's Money mad mind. Oh, here we go. Is a uh, classic, uh, blessed shouting scene here. God, I, sh- I should really have this on mute because he'll just he'll just end up bellowing all over my commentary. Yeah, see if he'd actually kept it at that level. You know that sort of you know quiet menace. It, it wouldn't be too bad. But he just really, really hammed it up. First, did Did Blake, did Blake really bring all those, all those bangles? Where did he keep them? He, I mean, he didn't have his. Um, oh, that that little um, that big plastic lunchbox that he carries. They're not really very. Strong those brakes that so they can be yes. just crushed just like that. or Unless we're meant to think that, um, Vargas is you know, like, or, yeah, actually, we're meant to think that Neil is actually really kind of uh, really strong. Working his way through the bangles there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. He's just going to wear it. He could, have, he could have just made one of his own. If they get TV on out, Alpha, they could have just watched Blue Peter. And, uh, he, he could have just made one out of uh, you know, a toilet roll and um, some sticky-back plastic. Here we go. We get this backstory of how he came to Woolies. Comes from a long line of uh, maniacs. Yeah, from the, uh, the first batch of Federation prisoners' ancestors. Oh, here we go! Hmm. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> I, th- I think um, I think Australia actually heard that. Be hard. very not on your God, here. Full blessed rant mode. Great, great grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) I can't take this guy seriously at all. I mean, I'm just wondering if it would have been... Just better to hire some you know, don't get me what Brian Blessed is, you know, he's, he's a telly legend, etc. But I'm just wondering if you know if he's too shouty to be convincing as a as Neil the God. choose whether they come with I asked to give me those God, I'm I'm amazed that you know Blake isn't actually deaf by now. I mean that's that's enough to destroy any desib you know, any um ears from you know a million miles away. But actually Gareth Thomas actually does well, you know, squaring up to Blessy. You know, he's um you know he, he, he does well. Even though he's got you know the fact part of being, you know, by now he's kind of like the Conventional, you know, main hero of the piece, but um, but yeah, he, he does well. I hope Blessed had one of those two mints as well, otherwise, he's you know, having Blake having to endure bad breath, but then mind you, I mean, Blessed's got to win, you know, Blake isn't change clothes either so you know after sweaty moments breton has got to put up with bo stink oh bit of torture off screen of course yeah that guy in the hood there bearing the bearing the chains apparently that is a chap called malcolm taylor who was in uh the ice Warriors, playing i think it was walters so it's very obvious he only gets, you know, literal, you know, one scene, a walk on part. You know, because he, you know, he, he was actually quite good as Walters, I think, in, um, in the Ice Warriors. Neil settling down to a bit of nighttime reading in between torture sessions. Oh, Blake's not submitting. More shouting. Yeah, this was also released um, uh, as part of a package of four videos. They actually released the episode videos in January 1991. This was, they, they did two episodes on one tape, so this was Perry Time Squad. I, I remember the artwork was great. It was, you know, really, really good. Oh, here we go. Now, Zen's been robbing banks. No, he's got all, um, all jewelry shop. He's got this bling. I mean, either that or he's, um, he's mugged Mr. T. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Avon's getting ideas about abandoning Blake and, uh, I'm just... Leading a, a life of wealth. I never understand why they um, why why they don't why they don't just you know do what I even suggest. Actually, I mean I would do the same. I would just, you know, have all this money all this, bling or wealth or whatever, and just you know lead a life of luxury, really. Rather than, but you know I don't know a life of luxury probably would make a very interesting viewing with it. Late now in the cell with the other hopeless cases. They really are a bit wet behind the ears that they they fall for Neil's story so easily. I mean... Yeah, Brian Blissett said we've got to take a drug for the rest of our lives and so we can't leave it. Got to give them what they want, mate. Like. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, ima- imagine having Brian Blessed in charge. Blessing seven. I mean, <laughs> God, I mean, I think there'd be regular complaints about, you know, viewers getting hard of hearing. Yeah, well, he said it. Blake said they're pathetic. Yeah, Gareth Thomas does, uh, does rage pretty well, actually. Even to the point where he stumbles over his lines. I think he actually he does a little bit of fluff in a minute. But, you know, when you get angry, you do actually stumble over your lines. You don't just say it in perfect English. Nobody does. There is no way. <laughs> retake needed. No, no, that's no. It, it actually comes across better that way, I think. You know, it's, it's, it is more naturalistic in a way, I think. You know, it's, it's like with the um, the milk flux, you know, of You know, I, I suppose that is how people talk, really. You know? God knows that's how we talk in this commentary. Well, more shouting from Brian Blessed, complete with the goal. Is somebody strike the gong, or was that just like a Dudley Simpson cue? Like the. Yeah, Brian Blessed there, dressed, dressed in, you know, like a, a Hessian sack or whatever. But he's managed to get these, you know, these quite new looking white trainers. I mean. Where did he get them from? I mean, do they do the prison ships go and buy them for him? You know? You'll go and get me some tennis shoes right now, or you'll be sacrificed to the great god. Yeah, tennis shoes aren't really very kind of godlike, to be honest. Meanwhile on the Liberator. I think it's really only from time that we, what I've talked about before is kind of like a two-story in one structure. Whereas this is more kind of, um, you know, because you get half of, you know, um, one kind of plot strand in the first half and then another different plot strand in the second half. So this, this doesn't really have that. I mean, it, it's kind of alternating between the Liberator and Cygnus Alpha pretty evenly, really rather than, you know, sort of having all of the action on the liberation the first up then the rest of the action on the sickness after the second so it's, it's more of a balance I think in this one so um, Blake has come up with a cunning plan they really should look under the other hoodies though Via <clears throat> the, the, the look at their faces sacrifice time real hammer horse stuff is <laughs> 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 uh, that always makes me laugh he says um we dedicate this sacrifice you <laughs> suddenly he just says to you really quietly <laughs> it just doesn't really make- just doesn't really go all right ah oh, of course um, it's all the prisoners the hoodies are prisoners and they're, uh, they're' they're looking to fight their way out now they've gone on to ealing filming for some reason I'm guessing that, you know because because filming was on such a tight schedule in the TV studio studio recording i'm guessing that you know for whatever reason they didn't have enough time to get it in the can or maybe maybe they just thought it would look better on film I, I, I don't know you know i mean i suppose there's probably more scope to actually do a more convincing fight sequence in in Ealing, but it does jar a little bit and i think um for some reason they did they did it on the um the, the other box video, which they released in 2003, they kind of tried to film, you know, kind of convert the video sequence into film, which doesn't really work. Oh. Kara's about to get the point. Ouch. That's got to sting a little bit. Get a spear in the chest. Oh, so oh there's villa's first kill oh there's Arco gone yeah Arco and Selman gonna be bumped off so uh looks like uh, villa and gang could be the only cannons to come back with Blake you know I, I wonder what viewers made of it i mean um you know unless they've seen the actual promotion photo in, in the Radio Times which actually gave the game away used to. Who who made it among the final seven? I mean if you're watching this for the first time you know it's probably quite a mystery to who actually makes it into the final into the final 7 Neil's oh. Beal's gotta be not gonna be happy about that. Destroying his statue like that. Oh, good bit of uh, stun work there. A bit of high jump. Jumping over the guards' uh, swords. Yeah, this bit looks like it was recorded in the studio and then kind of converted to film. They did a similar thing with Red Dwarf, but it doesn't really look right. Now, this is weird, because um, Blessed teleports, but he... Ab- and um, the others appear in a different bit. It's, it's like there's two teleport areas, which which we never see again. Yeah, there's Blessed again. <laughs> Get it back. I want some new tennis shoes. I'm sure Gareth Thomas looks like he's trying not to laugh here. I mean, would you manage to keep a straight face while recording this scene? Would you? <laughs> There's just something in the eyes; it just looks like he's gonna laugh. Do uh, so I go backwards? <laughs> Uh, oh this is funny this bit coming up when he gets transported into space when he shouts a god. <laughs> 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 Cracks me up that bit. (laughs) Oh, God! (laughs) So that's Vargas got rid of. Thank God. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. Apologies for the laugh of that. That just really makes me laugh that bit. I I don't know why. It's just so ridiculous. Oh, here we go. Suit chips for the first time. Not for the last. Yeah, because they're going to fight back. Then they'll fight, and of course, fight they will. Yeah, I mean, it's—I I suppose you could call it hokey old nonsense that episode, but I, I, I like it. I think it's a lot of fun. If only um, Brian Blessed had toned it down, then we wouldn't have got that—you know—that classic scene at the end when they when he's beamed into space, which is just for unintentional hilarity value. It's, uh, it's unbeatable. I really. know it's, it's a good episode. It, you know, it, it's, if nothing else, it's, it's very enjoyable. You know, that's the whole point of it. No, no singing, John. Anyway, that was me, uh, John Bensalia, Thank you for joining me again. Um, if, if you like the commentary, then, um, It's all free, of course, but if you want to donate or buy me a coffee, then I am on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jumbensalia. Sorry about the plug. But uh, anyway, I hope to be with you again very soon uh, for more commentaries, more Blake seven episodes, Doctor Who, comedy, game show, etc., blah, blah, blah. But anyway, thank you for listening and goodbye for now.